Hey there, Crosswinds family and friends. Welcome to Crosswinds Unleashed. Each week, we're dedicated to bringing the best stories and biblical life principles from authentic believers. Our podcast breaks down the Christian life through interviews and practical instruction that we hope is done in a fun and accessible way. I'm Craig Cooper, the host of this podcast and lead pastor of Crosswinds Church. Um, I give a special shout out right now to Elijah Merrill, our producer, uh, who does all the work to make sure that these are recorded and put on your place wherever you find your podcast. Um, I also want to welcome with us uh, for this episode uh, a friend of mine, a colleague, a family member, uh, Ryan Samuels. He was on, on the episode last week. If you didn't get to hear that one, I encourage you to go back and listen to that one. Maybe even stop this one to sort of put this one in perspective. But if you don't, that's fine. This will make sense to you anyway. But Ryan, thanks so much for being a part of this podcast. I'm glad to be back. <laughs> it's good to have you here. Well, let's let's give sort of a, a backdrop. So, mm-hmm. if those who who don't maybe don't even remember what last week's podcast was about, we were looking at First Corinthians twelve, where Paul talks about spiritual gifts, and he, and so many times we we had said when people speak of spiritual gifts, um, they try to separate abilities from spiritual, and that's all okay. But in context, Paul's is writing for the church to be unified. Yeah, uh, he's not given an exhaustive list. In fact, there's three passages of scripture, and most people sort of pull a list of spiritual gifts from, and I would argue they're not exhaustive either. Right. Um, they just give us an idea uh, of what the various gifts may look like as far as um, being a believer and using them within the church. Um, but for the sake of just defining a spiritual gift, a spiritual gift is a God-given ability for service as Christ's church. It's an ability that God's giving to, to in order to allow a church to know him and make him known. And the church in Carnath was, was having uh, such um, an issue on the gifts they were lifting one gift above every other gift. They were saying these gifts are more important than these mm-hmm. gifts. People were feeling inferior. There's infighting. There's groups of people who are not living for Jesus and yet trying to be part of the church. There are people who are living for Jesus and yet not understanding what that means. But there were those there who were growing in Christ mm-hmm. and, and taking the effort to do that. So there's a lot of disunity in, in, in the church in Corinth, a lot of things going on. And so here's Paul in 1 Corinthians 12, trying to, to, write, the, to write these wrongs, mm-hmm. right? And he says, look, you know, we all need each other. It's about unity. It's about using whatever God has given us uh, in service to him together. We all need each other. If that's the reason we're a part of it, I'm going to speak in a local church context, because he was writing to a local yeah. church. He's saying, you guys all need to work together through the Spirit of Christ to to see that uh, that God's known uh, to the community around you. And that means you need to know him together and, and be united and so we jump into, which in our Bibles has a chapter break, yep. um, 1 Corinthians 13. Uh, originally, there were no chapters or verses. It was just a letter, right? Yep. And, and so I think sometimes those chapter breaks can be misleading. 13 is understood in context to 12. Yeah. And, and Paul, as a matter of fact, begins uh, 13 by talking about the fact that, you know, if we're using gifts, here's, here's, here's where Paul wants to take us. If we're using them and we don't have love— that all we're doing is 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 like he uses the idea of a clanging symbol. Yep. He says we're we're only making noise, we're, we're not advancing the kingdom. And so First Corinthians um, thirteen has been called the love chapter, yeah. and rightfully so. It gives us the most descriptive definition of godly love of of, of Christ like love anywhere in Scripture. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of places that give great examples of it, but First Corinthians thirteen actually gives us. A written-out definition, yeah, pretty lengthy one, hard to misunderstand definition yeah. of love. Um, now, most of the time, Ryan, as you know, um, 
most of the time, this is a passage read at at, read at, yeah, uh, at weddings. Yeah. Matter of fact, it's, Christian and non-Christian. Yes, yes, it's a go-to wedding passage. And, and you know, last week I said that I'm going to say some things about spiritual gifts that may make the hair on some people's back of their neck sort of raise up. Just just may do the same. What I'm about to say, it is not intended to deal with marriages. Right. That's not saying that it's not appropriate to read at marriages because this is the type of love a husband should have for his wife and a wife should have for her husband. But in context, it's actually written for the church to say, be united, use your gifts, work together in love. And by the way, this is what love looks like. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, to do this effectively. Yes, yes, yes. In fact, when it's used, yeah. So it's, yeah. When you really think, and I haven't really. I mean, that's eye-opening to me. It's used in a neighborly context. Yes. That's hard. That's – so, yeah, yeah. This is where, like, you know, I'll use the term the progressive church um, that, that takes sort of the cultural definition of love and tries to fit the gospel in it. Yeah. And, and so I'll have people say to me, you know, well, what does – what is love then? You know, is love this? Is love that? And I, I'll take them to 1 Corinthians 13, and I'll say, well – here. The scripture yeah. actually defines love. I mean, you can look at the life of Christ and see examples of love. You can look at the life of, uh, of, of, of followers of Christ throughout the New Testament. Go to the Old Testament. You can yeah. see followers. But you can also find some things there and you go, but that's not loving. Because not everything in Bible is is um, prescriptive, meant that we should follow. Some things are yeah. just descriptive, yeah. you know. Um, but First Corinthians thirteen is really hard to misunderstand. Yeah. And so I, I know I know I'm not a big person that likes to be read to. But I'm going to break my rule uh, because for us to have a conversation on this idea of unity and love and, and what's the word say about love and then how do we use our gifts and move forward in unity as a church under the banner of love, uh, which is important because when Jesus is asked, what is the greatest commandment? He defines it by love. Yeah. He says, love God with everything. That's my, my sort of uh, yeah. a message synopsis, version, uh, synopsis yeah. of it. And then he says, the second's like it, love your neighbor as yourself. In fact, he says, if you understand those two things, if you do those two things, you fulfilled all the law, mm-hmm. which I've often said I'm a simple person. Give me that one. Yeah. Uh, that oh, way yeah. I have to memorize all the other ones. It's just that, that makes sense. But only if we define love the way the Bible does. Yeah. Because otherwise we can say, well, we're fulfilling all the commandments, but we're living out of the, the society's understanding of love, not the biblical mm-hmm. understanding of love. So what does the, what does the Bible, um, what does, how does it define love? Well, 1 Corinthians 13, um, you can go anywhere in Scripture, any of the Scriptures you have, any of the Bibles you have, 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8, and it reads this way. Love is patient and kind. Love does not, love does not envy or boast. It's not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It's not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. Hmm. And, and, and there's some clarifying things. When it says it believes all things, it's talking about understanding in the context again. It believes yeah. the gospel. Yeah. It doesn't mean... You know, well, you have your truth, I have my right. truth, because it says it rejoices with the truth. Yeah. And so it— Which is specifying there is only one truth. Yeah, there's, there's truth. There's, you know, uh, Francis Schaeffer, because he understood where culture was heading with truth, you know, you have your truth, I have my mm-hmm. truth. He goes, well, I'm talking about true truth. Yeah. <laughs> you know, way before anyone was ever really arguing over whether you can have a different truth than I have, um, we may have different perspectives, 
But there's only truth, right? Yeah. And, and when we look at the gospel, there, there, that is the truth. Yeah. And so love rejoices with the truth. It, it bears all things, meaning we're bearing with one another. It believes all things. We're, we, we have this hope of all things, it endures all things. Love never ends. It, it's this understanding. In fact, um, if we were to drop down a, a little bit into, into what the Scripture says, it says uh, it, it, we're told in 1 Corinthians 13, 13, so now faith, hope, and love abide. These three, but the greatest of these is love. Yeah, you know, hope and faith are, are, are we would say are, are, are key components of our yeah. faith, right? I mean, faith is necessary to have yes. faith. Hope is yeah. a part of uh, of us trusting in Christ and and looking, living in the present with that with that future sight of knowing that the Victor Circle is awaiting all of us who are followers of the Lord, right? When we when mm-hmm. we when we see Him face to face in paradise, but He says the greatest of these is love. Because love is what allows us to come to Christ, is understanding his love for us. He draws us to him. We receive him in love. We, we're to continue in him in love, and, and we're going to bask in his love for yeah. eternity. Um, but many times, like I said, and that's why this is an appropriate passage for weddings. Yes. But in context, it's a passage written for the church to say, be united and don't, don't be self-seeking with your gifts. Don't be self-seeking... Yeah. With your place in the church, humbly love. Yeah. I think a lot of things in, I guess I'll say for this instance, the church the is could be solved. We just, last year, I specifically remember a message that we said in, that we taught in the youth ministry and student men, which was the Ten Commandments. Well, we started with number one and number two. And we reiterated over and over and over again. If you get these two right, which is what you know, love the God, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your Lord your God with everything, and then second, love the neighbor as yourself. Is the others will fall. They'll yeah. They'll fall in line because you'll be doing them because you'll be living in line with First Corinthians thirteen. Yeah, love. Yeah, absolutely. Jesus says that, right? I mean, you have the first, you have 10 commandments. First four deal with our relationship with him. The next six, mm-hmm. our relationship with our neighbors, all 10 of them are wrapped up in love, right? Yeah. If we love right, we're not going to covet, for instance, our neighbor's wife. Right. If we love him right, we're not going to worship other idols. We're not going to speak ill of our neighbors. Yes, we're yes, not. yes. And, and we're that, not we're yeah. not going to put our gift above someone else's. Yeah. And we're not going to look at somebody. I used the illustration last week uh, of of carrying a table and saying, "Oh, they have the gift of helps. I don't let them carry it by themselves." If you love, you're going to run over there and pick up the other end yeah. and help them move that table. You're, you're not going to think of yourself more highly than you ought. You're gonna you're gonna be kind. You're gonna you know look through the list. You're gonna be patient. You're, gonna, you're not gonna have envy or boast. You know, it's it's not arrogant or rude. You know, it doesn't assist assist uh, insist on its own way. It's not irritable or resentful. I mean, mm-hmm. I look at this list and I go, wow, I have room for growth, a yeah. lot of room for growth. Uh, you know, it doesn't rejoice in wrongdoing. And then it says what it is. It rejoices with the truth. It loves by bearing with one another. It loves by believing in what God is doing in the lives of others and us as a church. It hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. Mm-hmm. We, we've talked about this a lot. We, unfortunately tend to make things really complicated, yeah, really complicated. I mean, we try to make steps upon the steps of the steps you should have steps for, when in reality, it's so mu- it's so simple. 
and I know a lot of people will read this chapter, and I highly encourage because we we read what four four or five verses. Yeah, I highly encourage reading the whole whole scripture. Even and I would encourage start at twelve. Yeah, I was going to say 12, you can go back and go through thirteen. Look at the context of what Paul's dealing with here with disunity and calling people to unity mm-hmm. and seeing the centrality of love. As a, as a as a unifying factor, mm-hmm. Christ's love, and this is so applicable to today because I would say there's been a lot of times in culture where there's been disunity. Don't get me wrong, but we are living in a culture where, I mean, you can find people can find disunity in anything right now, and there is. It's a culture of disunity, and so you can't have. 1 Corinthians 13 without 1 Corinthians 12 or 11. You have to read it, and that's why I encourage read it as a whole to understand that Paul isn't writing this to a married couple who's struggling. He's not writing this to two best friends that are struggling. He's writing this to a local church who are struggling with unity. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and you know, and again— A body of people— yes. And again, the principles carry over. Yeah. So the principles carry over if you're having a disagreement with a friend. Mm-hmm. The principles certainly carry over in saying if you, if you want to have a marriage that flourishes, this is the type of love that needs to be foundational there. Yeah. But I think I think when you relegate it to just a marriage passage, you definitely take it not just out of context, but you take it out of the force of, of what's being written here which is when a church loves this way, that the unity is so profound that when Jesus prays uh, the high priestly prayer over, over his followers, and by the way, he makes it very clear in that prayer, he's not just praying over the disciples who are in the upper room at the time. He says, I'm also praying for those who will believe down the road, us. Yeah. He says that the world around will know why I came. He'll un- they'll understand it. When they see the way you love each other, yeah, that's amazing. Uh, that he doesn't say it's going to be by your outreach, right? It, it's not going to be by how dynamic your worship service is. Not that those things are not important; they are. But he says it's your love for one another, and, and one of the greatest compliments um, I can receive as lead pastor of Crosswinds is when people come in and say, "There's something different about this place." And they're not talking about wall hangings, although we have a team who does an amazing job with that stuff. They're not talking about the music, although we have a great team who does a great job with that stuff. On and on and on, right? Mm-hmm. They're talking about sort of that, that a feeling. And, and I believe what they're picking up on is a church that certainly we're not perfect in this. We're a sacred mess. Yeah. Messy because we're here, sacred because God's a part of it. But we're growing in Christ, and, and we're learning what it means to love each other yeah. and love those who come in. And the greatest compliment I can get is there's something special in this place. And as you start to dissect it with the person, mm-hmm. for them to say, it, it really seems like you believe what you say you believe, which means we truly do love God. We're, we're seeking to, to continue to grow in our knowing Him. And we care about others. We want to yeah. make sure He's made known to them. Yeah. And we do that in words and deed, right? We do that in love. Mm-hmm. And I, I love what you say there because we we have this thought of – I'm not going to say we. I had this thought when I first went to a church that – and it was, it, was, it, was, it was an assumption that I made – Okay, they're in church, they're a believer of Christ, which means they're automatically going to be nice. 
Oh, yeah. And one of the things that was a big struggle for me at the beginning of my walk with Christ, and even, I mean, it's still a battle sometimes today, is the understanding that when people are involved, human beings are involved, it's going to be messy. And I have to have this list of what Christ get or what Paul writes to the church about love. About love. I have to have this because if I automatically assume there shall be no messiness in this church because it is a church of God. Wrong. Because the it's going to be messy because there are people, which is why we have these instructions. Yeah, I don't know if I read it or, or heard it first. Uh, I've heard it many times, read it many times after. But I can't remember where I first came across it, but it was this statement. It says, the problem with finding the perfect church is once you join, it's not perfect anymore. Yeah. And, and, and the reality is we bring mess. Everyone brings mess. It's sacred because of, of God. And so what Paul is, is saying to this Corinthian church, which is so disunified, He's giving them this picture saying, but if you bear with one another, if you love, that even in the messiness that God can be glorified. And it's not an excuse. It doesn't mean, hey, look, we're all messy. Just, you know, be yourself, yeah. you know. Um, I've often said if someone says, take me or leave me, most people are going to leave you, yeah. right? I mean, that, that's a sort of a, to use the Greek word, a jerk attitude. Yeah. Um, but, the, the, but at the end of the day, if we're all striving to know God and make him known, then there should be moments of just pure gospel brilliance. Yeah. In the way that we put up with each other, the way we care for one another, the way we defend one another. Um, you know, uh, I've shared this before, but one of the great advice, um, pieces of advice that I was given was with, uh, it was a youth uh, leader, student leader who um, came up to me and I was having problems with someone in the student group and they had done some things which just were mean to me. And um, I was praying the God smite them prayer. You know, and uh, which really isn't a unifying prayer unless you consider <laughs> unity where they're gone. Now things are a little easier. Um, and they said, no, I, I want you to start praying for them and start praying blessing on them. Start praying that God would just just work in their life. Mm-hmm. And I remember the time where someone else in, in our friend group said something negative about that person. I defended them. And I thought, what are you defending them for? They're not even nice. And, and I realized that prayer changed my heart. Yeah. And all of a sudden, I started defending them, not because necessarily they had changed. At that point, I don't think they had. Um, but because I was hopeful that they would. And I was so, um, God gave me a care for them. And I say, God gave me. And this isn't, oh, Craig, you're amazing. No, no, God gave me a yeah. care for them that was like, let's not say things that will cause us to be not unified with them. Let's 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 watch how we speak because I'm hopeful that God's doing something in their life, mm-hmm. and um, it doesn't mean we don't address problems. I mean, everything you have. To, the hardest yeah. thing is to stay in the center of biblical tension, and so I'm not saying love is oh let people just do what they want and let, be a doormat. That's not what this says, right? But it does mean when we love like that that there, it allows the the supernatural power of the Spirit of Christ that resides in us. To have the freedom to bring unity where it really shouldn't be. Yeah. To produce something that only can happen by God's hand. If a spiritual gift is something given by God in order to be used to advance his kingdom, an ability, help help yeah. this ability, then really the, the, the love of Christ that's in us is a spirit-given gift yeah. that we can walk in that, yes, can bless our friendships, can bless our 
working engaged, you know, relationships, our school relationships, our marriage relationships, but in this context should allow a church to flourish mm-hmm. and stand out different than the culture. And when and when you read First Corinthians and First Corinthians twelve and thirteen and more so, is there as people who may attend a church, there's a lot of uh what's the right word? There's a lot of uh it's kind of asking you to – you have to step out of your comfort zone for this because if you're going to truly love the people you are alongside of in your church, whether you're working at the church, whether you're part of the body of believers, ministry partner, is there's a little bit of you got to kind of take up their cross with them and walk with them. And that is a lot – I'll say this. It's a lot easier to do in a marriage and in a one-to-one relationship because it's only one person. And that's a, you. You can wake up in the morning. You can make that choice that morning. Okay, I I just have to focus on loving this one person. But when you're in a when you're a part of a body of believers that God has entrusted, I think of like of Acts when he talks about we've been we've been set to be overseers of God's people. Yeah, you mean you talk about spiritual leadership? Yeah, now. spiritual leadership, and this go it goes both ways. And as spiritual leaders of maybe a small group or maybe. Uh, ministry or or whatever, take it down to the smallest of just the lead, spiritual leadership in your household or in your friendship or in the groups of people you're around that you're working with, not just in a church context, is there is some responsibility there to take up. And so the person you're praying for to submit blessing to, well, if he or she gets blessed, you don't sit back and say, ugh. They got blessed. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. rejoice with them yes. and say, "Oh my goodness, I I'm so happy in what God's doing." Yes, yeah, so you don't you don't life. pull a Jonah or an older brother, you know, from yeah. the from the prodigal son story where Jonah's like, "I knew you'd be merciful, God. That's why I didn't yeah. want to come here." Or or the older brother in the New Testament mm-hmm. when the younger brother finally comes home and he goes, "Oh yeah, well now he's getting all this right. praise because now he's home." I, I stayed the whole yeah. time. Yeah, you're right. You, you rejoice in that. In fact, it says that, right? You, you rejoice in these things. You rejoice in the truth. Mm-hmm. You, you you allow the the blessings of others to to bring you blessing because you see you see a brother or sister in Christ doing well. You know, and, and I, I push back a little bit. You know, you said it's it's easy to do that for one person, and I would say statistically, apparently not. Oh yeah, that's a, yeah. You uh, make, that's statistically, a great point. apparently not. And I think I think the problem is is because sometimes we look at a list like this, and we do do that. We we look at it and we say, today I'm just going to be less uh, irritable. You yeah. know, and, and 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 yet really what we're what we're what we should be praying is, Lord, form in me the character of Christ, form in me the love of Christ. Help me understand your truth that's in the Word. Help me live by that. And then let me, let me. if we're talking about a marriage relationship in my context, help me be the husband you've called me to be in this. Help me be quick to forgive. Help me be quick to ask for forgiveness. Help me admit my faults and not use them as an excuse, but to become more every day. Um, in other relationships, and you know, I think I think I would say, uh, you know, just when we look at stats of, of the disunity we've talked about in our culture, mm-hmm. But it's not an easy thing to do. In fact, yeah. I would argue probably nearly impossible without submitting ourselves to the very Spirit of God. Yeah. But it brings us full circle to what we were looking at last week and, and looking at this week, which when everything is said and done, this love is only possible when when, when the Spirit of Christ is given the freedom to, to, to transform us and lead us and, 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 uh, and guide us. You know, I mean, the Scripture is pretty clear that when you come to Christ, the Spirit of God 
fills you. Mm-hmm. But to walk in that filling, which is a daily surrender and sometimes yeah. a multiple surrender throughout the day to say, no, Spirit of the living God, you do your work in me. Mm-hmm. Do your work through me. Um, unity is, in other words, something that I believe is only achieved, whether it be in a, a marriage, friendship, and in this context, the church. It can only be uh, achieved when we keep our eyes on Jesus and let him do the work in and through us mm-hmm. that, that produces it, produces this type of love and this type of care and this type of love in the truth, by yeah. the way. Not a type of love that says you're okay the way you are. I love it. it. Says no, no. This is what the word says. I love you so much. I'm gonna, I'm gonna. I want you to encourage me mm-hmm. to grow in Christ. I'm gonna encourage you to grow in Christ. You know, and I'm now speaking believer to believer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, if if you have a believer across from you, they should be believing the same scriptures we believe and so forth. That that needs to be the context of what that truth is that we love mm-hmm. and care and celebrate. Uh, but in the context of understanding that people are growing. Yeah. So it's, it's, again, yeah. hardest thing to do is to say in the center of biblical tension, you know, and, and yet, how do we do that? We, we surrender ourselves to Christ and yeah. say, Lord, help me first of all be united with you. And if I'm united with you, then help me have this type of unity with my brothers and sisters yeah. in Christ. Yeah. God has never, I don't think he's ever asked anyone to dismiss a people group. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And when that's the case... Um, that goes against what culture says. Yeah. As if someone, as you mentioned, if if someone doesn't believe in your truth, you have every right to dismiss them. Well, that's not what scripture says. It's the opposite. This, We're not asked to dismiss. Right. We're asked to stand for the truth. Yeah. We're not asked to compromise. Right. Um, we're certainly asked to stand on the truth. And, and so when we say dismiss, we meant give up on. Right. That's what I'm saying. Yes. But, but it's not it's not we it's not that we somehow because that would be the culture's understanding too, right? That that love means I have to accept you not just you, but what you're doing. Right. Well, scripture doesn't teach that. No. I mean, if that were true, Christ wouldn't have to die for us. Uh, he died for our sins. And so we we have to be honest about about that and loving enough to mm-hmm. be uncomfortable when we have to say, look, I think the path you're I don't think the scripture makes it clear. The path you're going down is destructive. Mm-hmm. Um, but the idea of dismissing is that idea of do we judge people or do we not? And the scripture says yes and no. Mm-hmm. We're not the ultimate judge. There will be a great dismissal. Yeah. And that's when we all stand before the Lord and he says, you know, did you yeah. know Jesus? Did you receive him as Lord and Savior? And those who say yes, he's going to welcome into the kingdom. Those who are not, he will not. Yeah. So there will be a great, but that's his job, that not his, mine. Yeah. That's what you're talking about. Yep. That's his job, not mine. But my job is to speak the truth, to live the truth, but to do it in love. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Tons of different ways that that can be done, and it's hard to do each and every one of them. Yeah. And. There's a lot you you said when you read it. You're like, man, reading it, it's a gut check. You're like, I've got a lot of growth to do. I'm not perfect in any one of those things, in any of my relationships. But being perfected. But being perfected. Yeah. Hopefully, the list doesn't discourage, but encourages us to just say, Lord, I just need more of you. Yeah. You know, help me, help me, uh, help me grow in you. Help yeah. me love in you. Ultimately, I can pray to be more patient, but. There's only one person that's going to give me – because here's the thing. You have a ton of opportunities for patience anyways, and and that's just one of them that's in the list. But, you know, every day you're going to have many to- many opportunities to 
to rely on God in those in that list of the love chapter. But remember, chapter twelve too. Yeah, it's all about it's, the, all, it's about, all about unity. Yeah. And I just say, sort of as a closing thought for me, when we're looking at love and the list and all those things, and the fact that we're growing, you know, it's like anything. You know, if we're trying to do something, I'm trying to think of an example from my life. And, and uh, as I'm sitting here in our in our podcast room, I'm looking out and seeing a guitar. And I don't play guitar. I have a guitar. I've had one for many, many years, but I don't play it. Um, but if you were learning guitar, uh, my guess is, you know, I've, I've had instruction, which no one would ever know. And if I played, uh, you would know I don't know. It's been years, right? Um, but as I was being instructed on that, as I'd practice on my own, which is the reason I don't play guitar now, because I didn't. But when I would... If I hit the wrong chord, I didn't. Get, you know, you don't just go, "Oh, wow, I'm just going to keep playing that chord." Mm-hmm. You, you you learn how to play it right. Yeah, and, and I would just encourage people with that. That's sort of the, the the pressure test of scripture. That that when we you talk about let's whole another topic, but just real quick as we're talking about love, there's a whole list of things here. Lord, help me love like you. And when we don't love, we don't go, well, that's it. I'm giving up on it. We, like I did with the guitar, by the mm-hmm. way. Bad illustration now. <laughs> but um, but we, we sit back and we go, okay, I, I, was, I was irritable. I go and I ask for forgiveness of the person I was irritable to. Mm-hmm. I come to the Lord. I say, Lord, help me not be so irritable. Why was I irritable? Reveal to me why I was irritable. Well, you know, help me. You know, and then we grow. And so life is a pressure test where we where we come across a truth like this, that God wants us to be unified, unified in love. What does love really look like? Then he pushes us out into the world. Yeah. Not really. We just live in the world. And we have, like you said, plenty of opportunities to, to pressure test it to see how are we doing with this. Yeah. And, and when we're not doing so well, we just realize, okay, come to the Lord, be honest, and work through it and become more. Yeah. Um, back to what we're talking about the church. The, 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 the perfect church— once I arrive is no longer perfect. And what wasn't perfect before we got there is, right. is what that means. Uh, we're being perfected. And, and and as we as we come into the kingdom and grow, um, what Paul's writing about here is so important we keep in mind, especially in, in this day, of, uh, an age of such disunity, um, that we love the way he's called us to love. We stand on the truth the way he's called us to stand on the truth, and we do it together as a church, expecting to see his miraculous handwork in and through us in the places where we live, play, go to work, and school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Any final thoughts as we sort of wrap up these two episodes? Oh, you said it really great there. I mean, I just I, – I, I go back to the – you're not going to perfect it. You'll, you're not going to perfect love. Yeah. But if you can work towards being perfected, I think you're going to find a lot of other things in your life starting to become easier because if you're trying to be perfected in love, that means you're most likely leaning into Christ even more. And you're growing. And you're growing. Yeah, and, and that that's that's the like <laughs> that's the Christian life. Yeah. I just want to be more like Jesus today than yesterday. Yeah. And sometimes there's not that big difference between one day to the other. But when I look back, I realize no, the growth has taken place in me. Mm-hmm. I'm not the same person I used to be. I say this all the time. I know I'm not what I ought to be, but I thank God I'm not what I used to right. be. I'm a work in progress. Yeah. If we're all works in progress, loving like this, which is a God-given love, wow, world watch out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'll it, change will happen. And it'll ripple. Yeah, and it'll, it'll make impact in the places we live, go to school, work, mm-hmm. uh, and play. 
And so, uh, Ryan, thanks so much for being a part of these podcasts. Of course, yeah. Um, join me next week as we continue um, uh, this uh, podcast together. Uh, I say together because you're listening to me, and I never take that for granted. I appreciate so much for you taking time out of your busy schedule to listen to this podcast. Remember to check out crosswinds.church where you can find out all things Crosswinds as well as uh, about this podcast. You can communicate with us there. And as always, I like to say for now, be blessed and bless others. Bless others.